I'm naturally a very feminine being. And through my conditioning, I learned to value masculinity as being the pinnacle of success and how we create in this world. Whereas, and this is part of the reason why when you mentioned the creatrix codes, why I started that, because there's a beautiful balance here that I truly believe that we get to master, which allows us to have that holistic definition of success, um, which ties, you know, head and heart together, um, masculine, feminine, all of that. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited to have our guest on today, Lauren Trillin, who is from Melbourne, Australia, and is the founder of the Abundant Entrepreneur Accelerator and the Creatrix Codes, guiding coaches and entrepreneurs around the world to step into the full abundant potential, she's speaking my language here, through business strategy, money mindset, and vibrational alignment. All things I love to talk about. So this is going to be a juicy conversation. She self-describes as a coach, a strategist, an alchemist, a master manifester, and human behavior specialist, and is the host of The Modern Alchemist, a podcast where she shares wisdom and strategies from some of the biggest change makers in the world. She's someone who has started five businesses, count them, Five, and not only has an entrepreneurial mindset, but she's also someone who's actively claimed her own life, letting go of a career as a lawyer, nothing against lawyers, I've got a lot of lawyers as clients, but something that she didn't want to be doing anymore and choosing a path that felt more aligned for her. We're going to get into all of that, but what I'm particularly interested in diving into right away is how our emotional traumas create a money and manifestation ceiling, because this is a big deal, guys. It's something that I work with my clients on, and we cannot talk about too much, and I cannot wait to hear Lauren's take on it. So welcome, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Amira. So excited. What an amazing intro. Yeah. Thank I work you. hard on those, like putting it all together. <laughs> so good. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So let's talk about manifesting. You call yourself yes. a master manifester and yes. that's juicy, right? Everyone wants to be a master manifester. One, the word master is like, Oh, yummy. And then manifesting, like what's not to love about that. But let's, let's dive in. Like, what does that actually mean? Like what, what is manifesting to you and what does mastery look like? So we can get really specific on that. Absolutely. Well, firstly, I think the best place to start is recognizing that we are all manifestors, whether we are intentional about it, conscious about it, unconscious about it, regardless, we are all manifesting all the time. And where, if I think of manifestation, it's very much the ability to be able to create your own reality which derives from within and influences our physical external reality via our subconscious mind, our vibration, the words that we speak into the world, the actions that we take, all of that, and the identity that we turn up in. So when I look at mastery as its own principle, it's the obsession over an accumulated period of time and the application of the principles of, in this case, manifestation. So it's something that I've been deeply obsessed with, recognizing it now my whole life, but especially in the last, let's say six to 10 years, since I had my own personal awakening or whatever you wanna call it, 
my catalyst event that got me onto this path. I love it. I love it. So how do you know that you've mastered it? Cause I will tell you, and I'd love your, to hear your take on this. Yes. It is something that I continue to grow in myself personally, Completely. like, Completely. yes, we're all manifesting, right? We cannot help, but manifest. This is how creation works in this world. This is how, how it's one of the laws of the, the universe, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, right? Like it's always yes. happening. We're always doing it, but being able to do it consciously towards what you want and having the result that you want, that's different. That is a, a totally different level of mastery. And I would say that I've come a huge distance in that, you know, and I have the, the chops to, you know, the, the, the experience to point to and go, Hey, look, that was pretty incredible. What, what I was able to create there and how quickly I was able to create it. But I also know that I'm still on that path of fine tuning, learning, holding myself to higher standard, growing, being on the path. So what do you think mastery is dependent on, if you will? I believe that mastery is dependent on the lifelong recognition that you will, like you said, continue to master, deepen your mastery, fine tune what you're doing and it doesn't end. I, I look at it as more of a spectrum as opposed to or being an end point, an end game that you realize that you arrive at. I believe that we are masters at many things in our life without, without even recognizing it. This is why I talk a lot about zone of genius, where something moves from being something that we are consciously good at to being unconsciously brilliant at without even realizing it. So the word mastery is such a, um, has so many different rules and connotations around it. I genuinely believe that it is something that we will never arrive at. It is something that we can claim for ourselves in order to deepen it and recognize that it's an ongoing, beautiful, unfolding relationship that, you know, we'll never truly, truly, truly arrive at, but it's a beautiful place to aim for. Absolutely. I think one of the things that dropped in as I was listening to your answer and how I would answer this yeah. is that when I finally understood not just theoretically, but kinesthetically in my cells, in my experience, the, the creative process, what, what manifestation actually requires. Yes. In, and knowing that just without a doubt, so that there was like no guilt and shame, no uh, fogging out about it, no ambivalence about it. But I understood because I had done the process so many times and dug in to what it took to take something that is a desire or want or an idea, something from the non-form into the form and actually yes. create that result for myself actually understanding that creative process and being able to replicate it for myself and knowing where I was going off course, where I was like, oh, look, that's, that's where you went sideways on this. So it wasn't that I never went sideways again, or that there was this high level of uh, unattainable level of perfection that I was going after. But I think it was this idea that I understood the process so completely that I could self-evaluate and course correct. Completely. And I love how you describe that. It's knowing how to paint a masterpiece and recognizing that the masterpiece isn't always going to turn out how you want it to. And then taking the key learnings from that and applying it. And that exact same 
example that you've applied there is how I approach everything that I do in my life. Objectively, taking an audit and looking at the hard facts and the truth and the data that I gather from every single experiment that we embark on, that I embark on, and then recognizing what beliefs, what internal resistance, what emotions, what, um, what other factors contribute to me not quite creating the masterpiece that I want, but still choosing to step back on the path and do it again over and over and over and over again until I arrive at that, at that point where the manifestation feels complete. And, and that persistence is such a key, you know, part of it. You, you can't go, oh, it just didn't work. Might as well give up or try something else. That the, one of the keys to creation is like taking that action again and again, not with the, the banging your head up against the wall kind of action where you're not evaluating and testing and tweaking and changing and, and, you know, uh, massaging what you're doing, right? It cannot just be like, I'm going to do the same thing over and over again and get different results. Like that doesn't work. That's insanity. Right. Um, so yes, beautiful. Okay. So now let's talk about those traumas and the way I look at this is that there's a, a giant pipeline to the universe that we're all connected to. And when it's wide open and the, the connection is free and the information is flowing easily, manifestation can happen quite quickly and, yes. and easily. But when there's stuff blocking that pipeline, it's like the, the line is clogged, the pipe is clogged, and we can't send our orders, we can't receive information. It makes it very challenging to execute on what is here for us right now to experience that we desire. And I, I often talk about blind spots and things that are um, you're unaware of that are blocking and clogging that pipe. And I think this idea of emotional traumas creating money and manifestation ceilings is the same concept. So can you talk a little bit more about how you approach that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think it's important to add some context in how I arrived here as well, because that that human element of the story is really important. So when in 2011, my dad passed away. And so he died suddenly in a head on collision and um, was running a family business at the time. So I went through the the loss of my father at the same time that I was watching my entire reality fall apart and our family business being liquidated. So I developed, because of this traumatic event, I had a trauma response to loss connected to loss of money at the same time. And so it wasn't until I really started to dive deeper into the layers of my coaching business and you know this yourself, you can't hide from yourself in your coaching business. Nothing um, can be left unturned. No, No stone can be left unturned. It wasn't until I started to dive into that that I realized that despite applying all of the strategies, I was not seeing the results that I wanted in my external reality. I was riding an emotional roller coaster of a lot of very, very intense emotions, deep shame, deep guilt, deep embarrassment. I was watching money come into my business, but I was spending it just as easily. So I was seeing all of these external symptoms in my life of something not being quite right. And I think that's the first place where we get to start is recognizing in the physical reality 
where am I not seeing what I want to be seeing? What is it that's bothering me about my life? And so then it was when I started to delve into a lot of that, recognizing that I was having a stress response when it came to money, a cortisol rush. Um, I could feel like that flood of energy through my body. I was in, I was still in fight or flight and I'd never realized. Yeah. And so this is part of this, like realizing that we have a benchmark, but at times we don't realize how deeply that benchmark is influenced by trauma and what we've experienced in our life. And we just assume that that is how we should be feeling. So anytime I'm mental. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a moment. So, because I think it would be really useful to, to put words to what that stress response felt like for people, because my experience is that when you're in it, it looks normal because it's your habitual way of being. And you don't know any other way you're in the forest for the trees kind of situation. So how would you describe that stress response that you felt physically in your body, but felt also normalized to you? Yes. Um, the, the feelings that I would describe for myself was anxiety and it was lifelong anxiety in the pit of my stomach. From the moment that I woke up in the morning, I would automatically feel that rush. And that's a normal part of waking up. But when you're sitting with that every single day, you're having trouble eating. You suffer from brain fog. That was another massive thing that I didn't realize wasn't normal. Difficulty in concentrating, um, being very easily triggered. So having an emotional response to a lot of the things happening outside of you that would once again make it very challenging to focus on business. Um, Having a desire to spend money as a, as a, or eat, overeat as well was another thing that I was also doing at the same time as a response to attempting to manage the emotions. And then also finding that you're experiencing a lot of fear and restriction. And we know what that feels like. It's like you're folding in on yourself as opposed to being expansive. So those were just some of what I was experiencing on top of shame, deep shame, not wanting to turn up, be seen, not wanting to be able, not being able to speak my truth and closely related to that was embarrassment and then judgment of self. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's go back to that entire description. Was, mm. was that something that had been with you from early childhood or was that something that got activated when your father was in his accident and died, by the way, I'm so sorry about that. Thank you. Um, From early childhood, from early childhood. And those little roots were there. And so a lot of part of a lot of the work that I do is recognizing where we hadn't, we have experiences. So to use my life as an experience, I watched my parents build a multi, multi multi-million dollar construction company, property development company over the course of the first 22 years of my life. Now, It wasn't until I went back and had a look at where my scarcity and money blocks were coming from that I realized that they weren't necessarily influenced by what I had experienced in my teenage and years and early 20s. It was the scarcity that they that I had witnessed between the ages of zero and seven. Yeah. So and and that's very that's very early childhood. And that's where we map our identity, map our belief structure, map how we see the, ourselves, others in the world. And it's so core and so formative. And, and then it, it sticks with you your entire life. Then you're running your own business and you're wondering, why is it not 
why am I not getting the results that I actually want the way I want them? Why am I not in this flow of creation or or manifestation? So would you say that the signs of hitting a money and manifestation ceiling are simply, you know, the, the trauma response, the stress response, or do you also look at, I mean, could someone be in that trauma and stress response and still be making tons of money? I believe that they can, but it would be from a place of pushing and stress. And so I think it also depends on how we are hardwired. And so I am naturally a more sensitive person who feels a lot. Now, I actually didn't realize that for a number of years because I grew up in an emotionally abusive household as a child. And I developed all of these defense mechanisms that would stop me from feeling. And we know that the ability to feel is actually a really fundamental part of being able to manifest. So it's easy for us to tell someone like, I need you to feel gratitude or be joyful or be excited and be happy. And we can understand that in a very logical sense, but it's not until we realize that there's actually a reason why we can't feel. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we don't feel like we get to feel the higher vibrational emotions that um, we get to unpack and start to see a lot of that. So it's also deeply intertwined and connected, which is why I, I love this work. I love it. Yeah. And I love that you pointed that out because that is so true. I know for me, for so many years, I would hear people talk about gratitude practices and how you can't be in gratitude and anger at the same time. And I'd be like, yes, you can look at me. (laughs) I never said that, but but I would, I would like, I wouldn't know how to tap into the feelings of love or gratitude or I could get to thank you. I could get to appreciation, but I couldn't drop into, and I think they're like deep appreciation is very similar to, to gratitude, but I, I couldn't, it, it was just numbed out, completely numbed out. So totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, great. Um, you want to share a little bit about how you broke through that numbness, maybe one or two little tips that you could give our listeners? Cause I think they'd be very interested in yes. something they could practice on their own. Yes. I believe that the emotional healing aspect has been the most phenomenal part of all of this for me, being able to have a process. And there are so many amazing different modalities that I recommend around this from emotional freedom technique to timeline therapy. Timeline therapy for me was an absolute game changer of being able to go back to a moment in time, actually process that emotion that we haven't allowed ourselves to process probably for decades to allow it to be seen, to extract the key learnings from it. Because I truly believe that we don't have to repeat experiences once we've learned the lesson within the experience. And so we can lovingly pull that out, allow that emotion to be released from the body, then the body takes care of itself. 100%. And it's amazing what happens over a prolonged period of time to the body, to the brain, to the new neural pathways that we are forming, and then how life kind of takes care of the rest. The external reality begins to adjust accordingly. Isn't that so interesting? That was one of the hardest things for me when I was beginning this path was to really trust that connection between the inner game transformations that... I so desired. It wasn't that I didn't have a desire for it. I I was craving it. I was a personal development junkie, if you will. Like I was just, I would eat everything up about it. But then on the flip side, I thought that in my business, I just had to go hard all the time. 
and that that those two things uh, I, intellectually I got that they were related but on the ground like what I was actually living and doing I was just in that full push the full grinded out um, way of being and and not really giving that inner game piece enough credit and now I know it's it's 80 percent of what it takes now I am someone who has a belief that you have to do the work right you have to like go out there and and show up every day like it's not stare at your belly button and money falls from the sky but you can make it so much easier if you really work these these inner pieces that need to be healed quite frankly in order for you to show up easily in your business and in the world yeah completely and i love to look at that from the perspective of masculine and feminine energy and mm. how even as women we've been so indoctrinated by the system to spend a lot of our time in masculine we either like tend to sit more in one space or the other i'm naturally a very feminine being and through my conditioning, I learned to value masculinity as being the pinnacle of success and how we create in this world. Whereas, and this is part of the reason why, when you mentioned the creatrix codes, why I started that, because there's a beautiful balance here that I truly believe that we get to master, which allows us to have that holistic definition of success, um, which ties, you know, head and heart together, um, masculine, feminine all of that. Mm, really curious about that. I'd love to know more about the, the creatrix codes. It's a great name, by the way. Um, and this topic, the masculine and feminine essence, I speak a lot yes. about it. I talk about sexual trans, you know, the transmutation of sexual energy. And uh, one of my great business colleagues and I are doing a series on clubhouse. We're just starting it on pleasure, Amazing. sex, and business success. So, yes. you know, come join us there and we'll put you on live and we'll get your input. But for right now, can you talk about, cause it's something, let me just back up a thousand steps. It's something that I had to really uh, grapple with. I very much in my masculine, like I have a lot of masculine energy and I quite love it. Like I, I enjoy it. Yes. And yet when it's, when it overtakes, when it's more than, um, is required at the moment and that can be very seductive and, and you can really think that so much more is required. It was shutting down my feminine essence and I had to really trust and learn and open to that side. And it was not an easy, uh, let me say it differently. It was not a natural place that I gravitated to, but then once I understood it, I couldn't I couldn't stay away from it. And then it became this incredibly powerful way of, of creating in this world, quite frankly, because, you know, it's life force energy, the masculine and the feminine coming together. So, yeah, absolutely. And for me, the, the turning point for that, well, the exploration entry point was relationships, mm -hmm. intimate relationships, starting to understand those, looking at the patterns of why I've attracted certain people into my life, why I've been dissatisfied with that, you know, what I actually truly want and desire. So that was my exploration ground for that, which then unlocks so many other different aspects, like in my business, in my relationship with money, in my relationship to myself and my own creativity. And so, yeah, I always say like, whatever you're curious about, whether it be like you were saying, sexuality, deepening intimacy, go have a look at that because it obviously contains the next seeds of what we're here to explore as human beings. And I totally agree with the, 
with that it's just been such an expansive beautiful aspect of my life that we think it doesn't apply to business it totally does absolutely well business Mm. is creative right if you're doing it well you are creating you feel like you're in your creative juices and and to be there you need to be tapped into this life force energy which requires whether you're male or female both the masculine essence and the feminine essence. And it's so, um, feels so whole when you, you, I feel so much wholer. If that's yeah. a, it's not a word, but I'm making it yeah. into a word. Um, <laughs> when I'm, I'm really tapped into both sides of myself, it's when I feel the most lit up um, and excited about what I'm creating. So, okay, let's talk about the six levels of business consciousness. Yes. I don't know anything about that at all. It was something that when yes. we were going back and forth about this interview, it was something that you wanted to talk about. And I'm like, I'm not even going to ask her about that beforehand. I want her to just share live on the podcast and, and tell us what those are. That sounds intriguing. Yes. And um, so it's influenced by the work of um, Dr. David Hawkins, power versus force, having a look at um, how we can understand the different levels of consciousness, spiral dynamics, all of that. And what I love about it is because I think that as humans, we love structure. We want to know like where we're going. We love to be able to categorize things. If it, it satisfies the logical side of the mind. And with the levels of business consciousness, it's about recognizing that we are on a non-hierarchical journey to self-actualization. Business is in my opinion and in my experience, like the most incredible tool, one of the most incredible tools that we can use in our life to facilitate that journey. And once again, it's about recognizing that we are like all the things as we're going on the journey and we're never really at one place in one time. So what I love about understanding the levels of consciousness or the six levels of business consciousness is that it shows us where there are areas for us to improve on areas for us to deepen our self-mastery in and how all of that relates to us being able to achieve the business results that we want in our life. So if we use the example of some of the emotional stuff that we were talking about, a lot of people have, and I've been this there myself, unresolved family stuff that wants to be taken care of in a level two from a tribal perspective, you know, fear of judgment, fear of being banished from the village, fear of you know the stories that we've inherited from our family um, from our society and all of those if left unresolved create challenges for us Um, at level one we have the deep survival needs that if we're not unable to pay our bills or we're still stuck in fight or flight mode and our nervous system isn't in a state of relaxation if we haven't taken care of our level one we can't truly step into the abundant entrepreneur at a level five or a six And so it's really beautiful, and I can talk about this for days, honestly, (laughs) to see all the different areas where uh, we encounter resistance that needs to be taken care of on our journey. Level three is very much about mastering sales and being comfortable with being seen, asking for what we want and receiving it. Now, the interesting thing is that level two and three can sometimes be in conflict because level two is more about the group and being, um, and being taken care of by the group, whereas three is very much about self-independence, discovery of self, deepening self-worth and self-confidence. So as we're navigating the, the midpoint between these places, 
it's, it can actually be really challenging. Okay. So that's really interesting, Lauren. Can you give us an example of how you've worked with a client on something like this or how you've used, like dive into one of these levels of consciousness and how you approach some challenge that someone might have using this as the lens through which you help them. Absolutely. So I'll share with you um, one of my clients or two of my clients, they're husband and wife and um, they run their own consulting practice and we're already making seven figures and then looking to get into the multiple seven figure range. So part of the work that I did with them was taking them through the different layers of what wants to be taken care of. So from a survival perspective, where we're still holding on to a lot of fear, where we're still, where our nervous system is still stuck in flight or flight, from the level two perspective of tidying up a lot of old family and ancestral trauma, a lot of old stories, there are a lot of self-judgment, a lot of guilt and shame, which tends to hide in the level two. Level three was all about getting them to step into and own the salesperson within them, recognizing that despite the fact that they're in like a very traditional area like law, that they still have to turn up and go out into the world in order to be able to bring in, in hunter-gatherer mode, as I call it, the clients and resolving any conflicts around that. And then level four was all about teams, onboarding the right teams, building out the right systems and automations and processes so that they wouldn't be getting stuck at the lower levels in order to be able to more fully actualize in level five, which is very much concerned with have you taken care of all the other levels so that your revenue and your team and your business is in the right place in order for you to be able to go out into the world and be of greater service. So you can see how there's so many different aspects to that process and it's very much a human journey. It's not a business journey. It's a journey that we go on as the heroes of our own story to take care of that. And it's amazing to see how all of that directly translates into whether it was a revenue goal that they had, a team goal, a lifestyle family goal, all gets taken care of by working through and tidying up that entire process. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that you're, you're touching on all these pieces because they're all part of what's required to run a successful Completely. business, right? People are afraid of doing sales. They don't want to be pushy. You know, they, they have fear of rejection, being thrown out of the tribe. What does it mean to ask for something, right? All of this stuff comes up when you start, especially high ticket sales. If you're really going to not ask for something that's $47, but ask for something that's 50,000 or a hundred thousand or 200,000, like the more you can work through that stuff, the better. And so I love that. And then teams and systems, right. And then really holding that revenue uh, high level revenue. I love that. That's so good. So good. I'm a, I don't know if you know this, but I'm very big into teaching sales. Sales is like, like it's, it's like some people say that the biggest man, the biggest personal growth journey has been their business, which I think is true. Mm, and yet yeah. I think it's that aspect of it, of the sales piece, like yes. owning how to do sales was such a transformational experience for me. Like all my stuff came up and I had to deal with all of it. All of like it. whatever the level three consciousness was, that's where I had to really do my work. Right. Yes. And, but when I mastered that, and again, mastery is it, to me, you know, a certain level of 
concept and understanding, but not an ending of the learning. Um, yes. When I mastered sales, it was such a freeing feeling that I just want for everyone. So anyone who's listening right now, who's afraid of sales or doesn't want to be salesy or has awkwardness or really wants to stay, you know, in the content creation or the biz dev, but doesn't want to do sales, come talk to us because this is where your freedom lies. It lies in moving through all that stuff that keeps you blocked. It's that thing that we started at beginning of that the conversation that that pipeline like you can have whatever revenue you want it's here it's here now you can yes. create that but if you have these blocks and one of them is on a surface outside level it looks like fear of sales or i don't yes. want to be salesy or rejection but underneath it's this level of consciousness stuff that needs to be healed which 100 believe in okay i have a few more questions for you. Yes. Okay. So you're at a certain place in your business right now, and yes. you've had these five other businesses, you've landed on the one you love. Yes. And does your next level of success now look different than when you started? Because I think, I think it's really helpful for people to hear, like when I started in your case, a coaching business, yes. like my next level of success was this, all I wanted was to get to here, but now my next level of success looks like this. And it's either the same or radically different or somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I would say that the, the fundamentals are pretty much the same and it's the things that I would have dreamed of five years ago that I'm now seeing come to fruition. And what's really interesting is once again, like as we go on this healing journey and I'll, I'll share something with you, I'm launching the Academy, um, school side of my business next year. So I'm going through that whole process. And that was something that I avoided for a long time. I avoided the responsibility of it. I avoided feeling like I was ready for it. I avoided feeling like I had all these stories about being too young, being too junior, not having mastered enough of this. And what's interesting is like, once again, as we further go further deeper into owning our own authority, as we go deeper into recognizing that like mastery is a lifelong process and we simply need to get started as I cleared a lot more of the deeply rooted like shame and guilt because we always spiral back to these emotions all the time then that revealed itself as being the next step and it had been sitting there for a number of years but more of like a far out there disassociated long distance dream and goal until it arrived in my lap a couple of weeks ago. So I think we can really hold these visions for ourselves and just keep them there and they will drop in at the perfect time. And it real will definitely feel like surrender because we're in flow. Yeah. And that's where the, the feminine comes in, right? You have to learn yeah. how to surrender, which doesn't yes. mean being passive. It doesn't mean being walked nope. over, but it does mean opening to what is waiting for you, not, not being that active directive part of yourself. Completely. And recognizing that, and I know you totally relate to this, that there's alignment and there's alignment just while still being extremely uncomfortable at the same time. Oh yeah. If you're not really, I mean, seriously, if you're not uncomfortable, <laughs> you're not, you don't have a big enough goal. 
you're not yeah. going for a big enough thing. You're not stretching yeah. yourself. So, but there is this place where you get comfortable with the, the discomfort. You, discomfort, you know, totally. know what it is. Yeah. So do you think people have been lied to or misled by experts in the online business world? And if you, like, I'm always curious, been in this world for a while, is there something that kind of gets under your skin you want to go on a rant about? Uh, one thing that you really want people to know that would help them when interpreting the world that they see in terms yes. of online business? Yeah. Yes. Um, my primary belief, having gone into all of this, and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development, is that despite the good guys and the bad guys and the not so greats that I've met along the way, everything has led me to this point, genuinely. And I've learned something from every single experience, how to do something. And I've, I've worked with some incredible masters and then also how I don't want to run my business. And looking back now, all of that was an absolute gift that I've learned from that I've gotten a return on investment on. So for anyone that is scared about making a mistake, you will always make mistakes. You will always have lessons to learn, but I genuinely believe it comes from the core belief that like I always get a return on investment. I always learn something from this experience. And because I know, and I'm speaking generally here, but it's a powerful belief to hold that my success is inevitable, it always takes care of itself. And it's very much like a honing our intuition process. And if we have a look at it, most of us haven't been taught how to truly access our intuition. We've, we've learned how to violate our own inner knowing along the way over the course of our upbringing because that's all we were taught. And so it's a process that we have to go through in order to really be able to become successful entrepreneurs on the journey. So um, I've become a lot better at identifying who it is that I want to work with and who can help me next. But that has come through trial and error. I still believe the industry is phenomenal. I think that it, it is transforming people's lives. Um, and another, once again, lens that I view all of this from is, is from levels of consciousness, recognizing that someone that we're all on different journeys we all have very different realities that we're actually playing in so it's a matter of us knowing and recognizing what we need to tap into for the stage of the journey that we are on in order to get us to the next phase um, and what got us there may not resonate with us six months from now and that's perfectly fine absolutely well put i couldn't agree with you more so thank mm. you for that i think that's a great thing for people to really yeah. get you know everything is a return on investment it's all everything for you absolutely but you have to have that perspective yes um, and if we start with that it just takes care of so much of the other stuff that we might experience along the way completely Okay, I have a final three questions for you. Yes. But before we get to that, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do and follow you and things like that? Yes, um, I recommend that people connect with me on Instagram. That's where I love to share like all the behind the scenes, um, everything that I announce. So that is under my name, Lauren Trillin. Um, my website's under the same name, but I recommend the Instagram is a great place to start. DM me, let me know that you're there. Um, I love connecting with everyone as well. So that's the best place to find me. Okay, fantastic. I love it. So this is a leading question. 
Yes. My biggest breakthroughs have been a result of shifting my own thinking. Yes. Would you say that the same thing is true for yourself? And if so, how significant has mindset been to you and what actual shifts in thinking did you need to make? Uh, mindset is key. It's the core pillar. Um, I think it's closely related to the energy clearing vibrational element, but we can do that. We can change, shift our energy by shifting our mindset. For me, it was breaking free and recognizing that we have been conditioned to think in a very linear manner. And when we can start to break free of that and start to think in, in many, many different ways and hold the space for the unknown to turn up in our life and be comfortable with that. Um, and that's a process and that's a muscle that needs to be worked on. Um, that contains everything that we need to change our reality. Great. I love it. What would you say is a belief that you used to hold that you no longer hold that has dramatically impacted your business? Yeah, I had to do a lot of work around the subtle because I've always been a massive force of like energy and determination in the world, subtle victim consciousness. And I believe that a lot of that is also ancestral and inherited. And it was recognizing that life isn't actually against me. I'm not fighting this battle with life that I genuinely like life only has the best intentions for me. And that all I need to do is turn up and do the, the work that's required in order for that to reveal itself to me. So I've had to completely rework my relationship with life. And that started by working on my relationship with self. And as I let go of that, obviously, like everything else began to unfold. So for me, it was whether you call it, I call it victim consciousness, and we all have it within us. It, it rears its head there, just that aspect of us that wants to be lovingly looked at and healed. Yeah, absolutely. And having personal, taking personal responsibility, claiming okay. it for yourself okay. to me has been the antidote for that. Even yeah. when I wanted to throw a hissy fit or go into yeah. blame or not take responsibility, knowing that taking a hundred percent personal responsibility for all my outcomes, all of yeah. them with zero exception has been what has really helped me at least shift out of that victim consciousness That's completely so and it requires courage huge which is not the same thing as being fearless it just means you <laughs> totally. have courage okay <laughs> absolutely exactly it. okay my last question for you lauren is what makes you an unstoppable woman mm, that's a beautiful question it's a deep soul knowing that i have that i'm here for a reason and my only task is to turn up every single day, palms open, best version of myself and trust whatever life wants to be lived through me. That's it. Mm, I really felt that. Mm. I love that expression. Like what got me there, like just zingy was that palms open, right? Yeah. That is such a beautiful metaphor and picture. So to wrap up this episode, I want to just take a moment to reflect back to you the gratitude that I have for you showing up in Thank all you. your transparency and helping the world, specifically the audience on this podcast, really understand some of the nuances in what manifestation means and how it's connected to so many things that we don't always 
think about when, when people talk about manifestation, it's often manifestation light. So I really want to reflect the depth with which you are approaching this. And thank you for that. And in, in the nuanced way that you approach this subject, it's, it's clear that you've spent a lot of time not just thinking about it, but doing the work yourself so that you can really show up for the world and, and bring your gifts out and Thank help you. people. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for letting me share. You're so very welcome. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening and catch all the episodes of the Unstoppable Woman podcast at theunstoppablewoman.com slash listen. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Everyone's made for greatness, but not everyone executes on it. If you feel like you're hitting an invisible barrier and you're not living up to your full potential, join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, where I'll show you exactly how to get out of your own way, apply the universal laws to your business, and scale quickly. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com summit.